Hey guys, and welcome to Quality Shot. Welcome back. If you're new to the channel, do remember to hit that subscribe button. If you're a YouTube watcher or a listener, and do hit that like button as well. If you are a podcast listener or watcher, please remember to hit the subscribe, follow us, rate us, leave a review, all that good stuff. Thank you all for your support. And also, you might have noticed the membership button, the join button on YouTube. Do join to become part of the Quality Shot community and help us out. And of course, there's some really cool perks on there as well. So get involved if you'd like okay rome 2022 or the italian open as it's officially called as a rafa fan and everyone on the channel who's all the subscribers everyone who tunes into my videos will know i'm a little bit of a rafa supporter i tried to stay very 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 unbiased on commentary analysis in fact at times i'm probably more harsh on him than than any other player because that's just the type of fan i am you know one of those really grumpy fans sometimes but in general I tried to keep it nice and impartial. He played a very interesting match against Shapovalov. Of course, the foot fled up again, and there's massive concerns over his involvement in Roland Garros. It's a massive, massive shame for tennis. And if he doesn't play Roland Garros, I mean, I guess how a lot of people said that, you know, the Australian Open wasn't the same without, uh, or, like, without Djokovic last year, or, well, the US Open, sorry, even when he got defaulted, um, or the Australian Open this year even, sorry. I don't know, like, is that similar to Nadal at Roland Garros? Yeah, probably even more so, I guess, to a degree, because he's won it even more times than Novak's won Australia. But obviously, you know, both very dominant in that Grand Slam. It was still a fantastic tournament, the Australian Open. I think even if Nadal doesn't play, it'll still be a fantastic uh, French Open. It just... You know, we want to see all the best players fit and healthy and able to play. So we'll see whether he's able to or not. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, before we do, though, I just want to talk a quick, quick, quick roundup anyway of uh, some of the matches that went on. So, of course, you know, a lot of you would have seen that I did a bit of commentary for the GTL channel. So Djokovic cruising past Stan Wawrinka in pretty comprehensive fashion to say the least which is really impressive good to see him I guess back to near his best Djokovic I mean he was utilizing the drop shot really nicely and then on top of that I think for him anyway it was a very I think accomplished and tidy performance for Vavrinka he showed flashes of the incredible you know I guess athlete that he is and the way that he was able to crunch the ball in some of the points just wasn't able to keep it up consistently for a whole two sets or even a set, to be fair. So we, we really did see just flashes of it. Casper uh, got through against Brooksby in straights, uh, Sinner against Krajanovic, and then Sitsvats had to battle a little bit, although he did bagel Hatcher on the second set to win in three, Zverev in straights, Felix in straights, and Garin upset, well, in my opinion, probably. I know he does like the clay, but uh, Chilich. You know, he's a very good player. He's a former Grand Slam champion. Yes, on the clay, but still. Uh, beat Chilich in straight sets, Christian Garin. And then Nadal versus Shapovalov, which we're going to get on to now. So, look. Nadal absolutely blitzed Shapovalov in the first set. He breadsticked him. He came out after Nadal and said, look, I don't want to make excuses. He lost 7-5, 6-2 in the end. Uh, in the, you know, in the second and then third sets. And you can see, if you have a look at the stats, he had a first set percentage of 76%, Chapeau 75. Win on first serve percentage was 57%. This is points one on first serve. 61% on second serve. So there's a big 
kind of drop from his first serve percentage and first serve points one. And that is probably to do with the movement, right? Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, would he have beaten Shapovala with a, an okay foot? I would imagine potentially. If not, it would have been a closer match anyway. Like, he may have just lost it. Shapovala was playing some good tennis. But he was limping towards the end of the match. Uh, and I know that he limps generally anyway, like when he's not playing tennis, that is. And I guess when he's playing tennis, the adrenaline's there. And I don't. I know he doesn't limp all the time uh, in normal day life, but he did mention that it's like a pretty regular occurrence. You know, like at some point, maybe in a day or in a couple of days, it will happen. So it, it's just a massive shame after, of course, being out with a rib injury for six weeks, came back, played Madrid, looked okay, like didn't look incredible, but... You know, played some good tennis. Alcaraz just bested him in what was a very good match. And then it was interesting because I was thinking to myself, does he now rest for Rome or does he play it? And he's opted to play it. And I don't know if that was the right... I don't know if that was the right decision. Because realistically, for him... After the match in Madrid, there were like reports that he was limping even more. And I just kind of brushed it off, to be fair. I was one of those people that just said, look, he limps kind of a lot of the time anyway. But they were saying he was limping more than usual after the Madrid quarterfinal um, against Alcaraz. And I just thought, you know, it's a long match. It happens. This is, of course, this isn't just like a, a little kind of niggling injury. This is a long term, rare degenerative. Oh, if I can speak properly, the a rare degenerative foot condition, which is called Muller-Weiss syndrome. So for any of you that don't know, Nadal's had it since he was a child. He was born with it, basically. This uh, degenerative disease. And look, he missed more than a year and a half, right? Or missed more than a year even. Uh, missed losses. Wimbledon with it as well. And this is to quote him directly. He said, it's a pain that comes and goes, sometimes stronger, sometimes less. Today was crazy. Maybe in two days it will be better. It kind of reminds me of like almost when someone has like, you know, a back injury, right? And it's just long-term as in like, it's just niggling back injury. It comes and goes depending on like how you slept, how you're feeling, kind of how you train, etc. So I don't know how it will be in two days. In a week, I really don't know. So late night match, and it was Nadal's earliest exit in Rome since 2008. And I did say to you, well, I said to some people anyway, I think in the previous video, if I'm not mistaken, that in Rome, since 2004, so, so the last time was 2004. So since 2005 onwards, no Rome final has featured without Nadal or Djokovic. So, that, so Nadal and Djokovic have been in each of whatever it is, it will be the last 17 Rome finals, at least one of them, if not both. I mean, incredible stats. So it won't be Nadal this year, though. But look, Shafavalov did really, really well. And I don't know. <laughs> He's definitely been dogged with this foot injury, we know. Uh, he lost 17 out of the last 20 points as well. He said, I'm not injured. I'm a player who lives with the injury. There's nothing new. Unfortunately, my daily life is difficult, even so I do my best. Of course, sometimes I find it hard to accept the situation. It's frustrating sometimes when I can't train normally for several days. Uh, he added that he still has hopes of making the French Open a tournament. He has won 13 times. So, look, I think Roland Garros is really the big question mark, and it, it's, it's a massive shame if he does miss it. 
I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll see whether he plays it or not. He will do his best to play it. I think he might come in half cooked, as in like he will be he'll be hurting and he'll come in and I, he might. My prediction would be at this stage that he will play it, and he'll probably be lucky to make it past the first week, uh, depending on the draw. If he's lucky, he like the foot might progressively get better. I don't know how that's going to happen. To be fair though, because playing surely makes it worse. And I know he did say it's a day-by-day thing. So who knows? Maybe he kind of gets through a first week where he's got an easy draw and then his foot feels better in the second week. I don't know. But he just said, I have to accept the situation and fight. I can't say anything more. I don't know if I should rest or train, but I still have a goal in a week and a few days. I will dream of this goal. I don't know. It's an interesting one. It's a really interesting one to see whether he's able to play. And of course... It's a massive shame because he started off the year so well, Nadal. I mean, like winning multiple tournaments, you know, only lost uh, the one time as well in that final Indian Wells where actually he was injured. Um, To be fair, so was Taylor Fritz. So let's kind of give kudos and just say that like he lost that one. Against Alcaraz, he kind of was struggling a little bit as well. Still lost to the better man. So that's two wins or two losses, sorry, even in the year where he lost to, you know, a quality player. Playing in some in some great form, no shame against that. Shapovalov, I mean, he's always dangerous. I feel like he always gives Nadal a pretty good match, but you would have expected Nadal to come through. And after that first set, given he was feeling okay off in that first set, it kind of looked like that's the way it would go. Yeah, I'm not sure. Let me know what you guys think. You know, it's very hard to predict. I guess how it's going to go. Uh, degenerative foot disease. A degenerative foot disease, even if I can speak properly, is not ideal, of course, for someone who's trying to play professional tennis. But he's lived with it for so many years since, you know, as I said, he's had it since he was very small. And the doctors, their stories, right, that doctors told him he wouldn't be able to play tennis professionally, and he just kind of brushed it to one side. And he's managed it really. He's managed it now. I just think maybe. In Rome, he got a bit greedy and he didn't manage it particularly well. And he just thought, oh, okay, let's get some more games under my belt before Ronald Garros. And I think he pushed himself too far. I think that was the issue. Because he even said that the foot was feeling a little bit, I think, when he uh, played Alcaraz, I think it was. Or I don't know if he mentioned it. But he just said, oh, you know, it's going to be okay, blah, 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 managing it. And I just, I don't know. But what do I know? I mean, he's lived with it for so many years. I mean, I have no idea how he should or shouldn't deal with it. But ultimately, it's a massive shame, I think. And I'm really hoping, I'm really, really hoping we see him at Roland Garros. But my my doubts are there. My doubts are there. And, and you have to now feel, uh, and not in a bad way, but someone like a Djokovic and Alcaraz, a Sitsipas, are probably thinking, oh, hello. Their confidence would have gone through the roof. And it'll be interesting to see what my power rankings are as well at the end of this week after Rome. I will be doing of course the ATP and WTA power rankings after Rome. My final ones before the French Open. I'm not I know there's Geneva as well, but I, I think let's do our final ones um for Roland Garros because kind of Geneva's not a huge tournament and a lot of the big players won't be playing in it. So I know Medvedev is though, so keep an eye out for him. But I, I think even if Medvedev wins that, does he go into my power rankings? Probably not for Roland Garros, does he? 
Maybe. I mean, uh, he's probably got more of a chance than some of the guys seven to ten in my power rankings potentially. But we'll, we'll have a we'll have a see. We'll have a see. But generally, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like Sitspas, even Zverev, all of these guys are going to going to be thinking. Look, if I get Nadal in my half of the draw, Roland Garros, and he actually is like he's he thinks he's okay to play. Most likely, he's not hundred percent. I don't mind getting him earlier on. Because I think Nadal in the final of Roland Garros is almost... Un well, he is unstoppable. He's never been beaten in the final of Roland Garros. But in a semi-final, in a quarter-final, he's more beatable. That's not to say it's an easy task. It's not. He is the best player on clay ever. But with, uh, you know, a niggle or, well, this long-term injury, and, it, you know, it's clearly flaring up at the moment. It has been for the last year or so. He's had periods where it's been fine. He'll have to just hope that it doesn't flare up during Roland Garros, and it's a massive, massive, massive gamble. Uh, no one knows what's going to happen with it. And I, the more that this goes on, I mean, at the start of the season, I just thought he's playing so well, we might get another like two years out of him, maybe if not even more potentially, maybe two years. I was thinking so this year, next year potentially. But the more this kind of goes on, and the more he continually gets injured, I just think, yes, I know he's in front of Novak Djokovic in the GOAT race and, well, in the Grand Slam title race even in front of Djokovic and Federer. And I don't think Federer is going to win any more personally. Uh, Djokovic, I think, will win some more. So it is really a race between those two, I'd imagine. I was thinking, well, surely he's just going to... That's giving him the extra motivation as well, even though he quietly doesn't say it. Djokovic is going to play for another two years, I think, at least. Uh, definitely, I think physically he's kind of he's not as broken as Nadal in that sense, and of course he hasn't had that long term, long standing type of injury as well. Uh, for Nadal, though, I'm more now tracking towards the fact that he may retire at the end of the year. Um, let's see. I mean, it's, I'm more just gauging it over what's happened recently and the way that he's been speaking. And he did say that he was thinking about retiring before the Australian Open because the foot was that bad. And then he's managed to obviously recover from it or managed to manage it somehow so that it, it wasn't feeling bad. He, I think he just rested it for a long period and it obviously got better. But the problem is that playing tennis seems to not be helping, right? And he's getting older, so he probably doesn't recover as well. It's just a weird one. And he's such a intense player as well. The way that he plays is a lot of strain on his body. Even now, I know he's adapted his game. Uh, he doesn't grind as much in points, but just the way he plays and just like how much pressure probably that's going through that foot. You'd imagine that like longer term, it's only increasingly got worse. So I don't know. It's a really, really disappointing though uh, turn of events. And I was hoping that I did say as well, look, if he's fully fit, he's a favorite, but I don't think he's going to be fully fit. And then I think if you look at whatever the odds of bookmakers or whatever you want to call it, I would imagine that he's probably not going to be favorite going into Roland Garros. I reckon it might be Alcaraz. And that sounds crazy because he's only a 19-year-old. He's never made a deep run in the Grand Slam. And Djokovic as well, of course, the reigning champion. It could be Djokovic. And I think if I was to pick, I would say Djokovic at the moment. Currently speaking today, We'll see when I do my power rankings. But for Alcaraz, of course, he's won multiple tournaments, which is why people will say, of course, you know, won Madrid, won Barcelona. He took a rest this week, uh, won Miami as well. I mean, he's just been on a ridiculous running 
streak and he's in fantastic form. Sitspas might be up there, especially if he does well in Rome this week. Uh, and Djokovic, I mean, if Djokovic wins Rome, I think suddenly he's kind of soars through people's minds. And he is at the forefront, really, of everyone's thoughts as, you know, probably the favourite, given he's the reigning champion. He's slowly improving and he's going to peak at Roland Garros. He is one of the best at being able to peak at the Grand Slams and the big three, all three of them have done it. I think Nadal maybe miscalculated at Rome. Uh, normally, he's pretty good at being able to understand uh, when to peak and that's why he'll take breaks. He'll take... Um, time off tournaments etc but i think he probably felt like that rib injury was really frustrating because what happened was he was planning to play like barcelona and madrid he might have even missed rome this week if he'd had more matches under his belt but the rib injury then completely curtailed the first half of the clay season for him and i think that would have been extremely disappointing and he did say it and was very open about it being a massive setback and i think then coming back, he played in Madrid, only made the quarters. I think he would have thought to himself, look, I need more matches. So that's why he played Rome, uh, which wasn't ideal because he's basically gone from, I'm not playing any tennis for six weeks to I'm going to play uh, you know, tennis for two straight weeks, back to back. Let's see how it goes. And it just wasn't the right choice, I think. Too much in too little time. But he would have thought I need to get my practice under my belt. I need to get match practice in because, you know, realistically, if I only play one week in Madrid, probably that's not going to be enough for me to be at the best level for Roland Garros. And yeah, like I can see his thinking behind it, but it's clearly backfired and hopefully he is fit. Hopefully he's even close to fit even for Roland Garros. Hopefully we even see him at Roland Garros. I don't know, but yeah, it is very, very sad. I, I think the rest of the competition obviously will want I think they'll, even though I say, look, they'll be licking their lips, they'll be thinking, okay, we've got a chance. I think they definitely will be. But at the same time, I would imagine most of them want to play Rafa at his best and potentially even, if you beat Rafa at his best on clay, I mean, you are a legend, really, because not many have done it, to be perfectly honest with you. And I know Djokovic beat him last year. I mean, he did say that his foot was bothering him then. And then, of course, he had a long layoff after I think it was slightly bothering him, but I think Djokovic has played unbelievably that day, to be fair, as well. Um, I don't think Nadal played badly. He was definitely, like, as he said, he was playing with it. It was hurting him, especially on that day. But I think especially for the first couple of sets, you could tell he was at his best. And Nadal won the first set, but then after that, Djokovic just took over. He adapted his game. One of the best matches I've seen on clay. Uh, in my lifetime as well. But yeah, an incredible match, incredible match. And hopefully we see more like that. This year, of course, sits the pass as well. What was it? Five setter against Djokovic in the final. He was two sets of love up. He kind of choked a little bit. But Djokovic, you know, with his powers of recovery. So to be honest with you, Roland Garros is my favorite tournament. And it's not even just because I'm a Rafa fan. I just love the the different nature of the surface uh, and also the fact that we do get these kind of clay quarters coming out, which is great. And it's just it's a completely different ball game. I've been to Wimbledon a couple of times. I love to go to Roland Garros as well. It just it's the only tournament where there are so many breaks of serve. It's just it's not surprising if you get broken and your return game needs to be on point. And it's just so different. It's just so different to the other tournaments. Uh, and that's why I love it. 
Anyways, that's enough from me. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. I've gone on a lot longer than expected. But yeah, Nadal, obviously, we'll see whether he plays Roland Garros. Djokovic cruises past Stan, Tsitsipas and Zverev keep marching on in Rome. So the quarterfinals are today. Very much looking forward to them. Uh, we will be doing a preview of uh, the semi-finals, hopefully, uh, later on today. And then, of course, we will have a final preview as well for you guys, uh, no doubt, as well. Of, on top of, of course, a review as well of the tournament. We do have two collaborations next week uh, with two different people, uh, which will, of course, be talking about Rome, but mainly also leading up to Roland Garros. So talking about that in great detail. Thanks very much, guys. Stay safe and well. And we'll see you on the next video. Remember to like and subscribe. And we'll see you soon. Thank you.